1: Very warm welcome to our audience members. My name is Willem Klopper, I am your host and in this episode we will discuss the option for Plymouth of joining the list of service providers in the insurance sector. Now with me in studio, I've got my anchor Mr. Steve Brown from Iopsa, my anchor Miss Lorraine Moy from PIRB, and then I've got my two guests uh, from King Price, uh, Ria and Marianne. Just before we give our guests the opportunity to introduce themselves, let's hit the brakes. We'd like to remind our audience that this episode is proudly brought to you by Articulated Plumber. Let's continue the conversation. I would like to just for you to introduce yourselves to the audience. If you could just give us a quick brief bio of yourselves, uh, uh, who you are, why you are in the sector, when did you join the sector, and what your current role in the sector is.
0: Hi, um, good morning everybody. My name is Ria Ferial. I'm the Partner in Community Schemes. I'm looking after the whole Community Schemes portfolio in King Price. Um, I love the diversity of the sector, um, which brings everything to the table for um, like insurance, plumbing, construction, asset management, legislation, and then of course also the people. Um, that I love to work with. Um, I'm a problem solver, and that's why the challenges that this brings to the table um, I love so much. I've joined the industry 32 years ago, working in all different sectors, mm-hmm. being a broker, being an administrator, working in the UMA environment, and in the insurance um, companies as well.
2: I'm Marion Daisel. I'm um, currently our community um, schemes claim team manager. Um, In our team, we are dealing with the claims 24-7 almost, I can say. And those challenges and high pressure, which happens in the claim team, with any claims environment, it really exhilarates me. That's what pushes me every day to get up and just put a smile on your face and go forward. So I've been in the insurance industry since 2010. I started working out as a, at a broker's office. I was just a basic admin lady. And I worked myself up from there to be our current team claims manager.
1: Um, so, so I hear both of you using the word claims and that you work with claims. Can I just ask the claims that you're referring to? What kind of claims do you work with in, in your specific positions?
0: Um, Yes, claims is our daily bread and butter Um, and yes, the majority of our claims, 65% in fact of our claims coming into Marianne space daily is water related, so it comes from either burst or a leaking pipe uh, to a geyser that have burst or leaking or components that failed but yes, we also exposed to uh, buildings um you know where damages is either to roofs um or some forth from from storms uh, liability claims which we also refer to you know the slip and falls um all that um, routes that uplift payments and somebody bumped this self. but yes we've got a, a a huge variety, and I think that is what is really um challenging us and that we love to do every day. It's quite interesting.
1: Ria, I have some sub-questions that I would like to
0: ask on uh, with,
1: with regard to King Price. And the first question is, has King Price signed the Insurance Forum Code of Practice? And is King Price a Forum member?
0: Yes. Um, We are members of SAIA, the South African Insurance Association, a representative body for the non-life insurance industry. As members, we abide by the SAIA Code of Conduct, which ensures adherence to best practice industry standards and self-regulations.
1: All right. And uh, what is King Price's involvement uh, with NAMA or the National Association of Managing Agents?
0: We active corporate members since 2016 with Norma and through the partnerships and other Norma members we serve and support the community schemes management in South Africa in all the seven Norma regions.
1: And uh, tell us, what is King Price's stance on transformation?
0: We made a huge contribution to transformation in the wider sense of funding scholarships through iCollege. This year alone, we've contributed 121 million rand for tertiary education. As from May, we funded over 6,000 scholarships, which means we put 6,000 workers ready future leaders with accredited qualifications back into industry. Our business is undergoing at the moment a major restructure in order to become more compliant and our board is actively looking for a BEE partner.
1: Just a quick question,
0: uh, Rhea, with regards to the scholarships. Is it, a, um, is it across any kind of sector or is it uh, geared to the insurance sector? It, uh, Lorraine, it is for the insurance sector because they are trained in our offices, in the various divisions, depending on you know, what they want to become. And it really comes from either being a PA, Underwriting um, uh, underwriter in the underwriting divisions, a salesperson, an aftercare person or auditing and also claims as well.
1: Ria, what is King Price's perception of and their involvement with the PIRB and IOPSA respectively?
0: Willem, we work closely with both companies to ensure that our procurement process is also aligned with the various objectives, for example, to promote and encourage the upliftment and skills development um, at all levels in the plumbing sector, the monitoring uh, regulatory compliance, Um, with a requirement as in uh, in insurance policies as well. Working together with the experts in different sectors and let them train and educate the entire community living environment is our motto. I think over the past two years, we've really established very good
3: relationships with both uh, PIRP and IOPSOP. Sorry, in terms of your procurement and, and everything else and transformation and upliftment, do you encourage your service providers um, to upskill the individuals? And the, is there any processes in place that you check that the guys are you know, uh, following due process and, and uh, continuous with the CPD and everything else, or, or how do you monitor that?
0: Um, yes, Steve, we have a very strict uh, procurement onboarding process of all service provi- providers in the different sectors, um, and we make sure that the paperwork is is all in place before we onboard them, and we check this their, um, their staff every once a year. We've got a renewal um, of all that they need to uh, send back to us, um, and we make sure um, that 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 we um, that they are on on par with what they
3: need to comply with. Wonderful, thank you.
1: I think that steers directly into into the next question that I would have had for you, Ria, was as. How do plumbers join the list or the panel of service providers for King Price and what are the requirements therefore?
0: Yes, um, as I said to Steve, um, we do follow a very strict procurement processes before we onboarding. Myself is responsible for that. Um, the compliance to regular standards are compulsory. We will not onboard a plumber that do not comply with the standards. Um, and it is, um, yeah, it, we make sure that they do because they are um, representing us with our clients.
1: All right, and and the same then goes for companies. Is it mandatory for companies or individuals to be registered with either IOPSA or the PIRB if they would like to join the list of service providers?
0: Definitely, um, because um, we know and everybody know that PERP is the professional body recognized by SACWA as the regulatory, regulatory body and board for the plumbers. And um, as I always say to the people is that You know, they need to comply with the regulations as any citizen and ourselves. And that's why we make sure that we only onboard um, compliant um, service providers.
1: All right. So now we, we know a little bit more about the criteria that is used to select plumbers to join that list or that panel of service providers. But what are the benefits for plumbers if they decide to join King Price's list of panel or list or panel of service providers?
0: Um, Willem, yes, we all know that only service relationships with clients and follow good practice differentiate you from your competitors. Normally when we onboard um, plumbers, they are normally the only preferred supplier for a single client, Um, but what we do in the community space is For our plumbers that share our vision, that work side by side, we utilize them over our entire portfolio. So that means then we will appoint them on other body corporates as well, which they weren't exposed um, at onboarding stage. And through the relationships that they built with the various stakeholders while assisting with insurance claims, they create more work for themselves on a non-insurance related for non-insurance related work as well. Is there an induction process once the, um, the service providers being chosen? Yes, there is. is. Um, Marion and Christine, um, which is also one of our uh, community schemes um, partners, um, they do they do take our uh, service providers through an intense one day um, training session, and then there's also a cons- constant hand holding process for them because um, yeah we we do work um, quite different from the normal and we um, are very tech driven in our claims division.
3: So Ria if a plumber was looking after a, a, a high-rise building for example and then uh, they decided to change and uh, put the insurance with King Price would that sort of resident plumber automatically be a part of uh, King Price or would I, I know you would go through the process or do you apply somebody to that you know the guy that knows the building maybe they've been a change so how does that Transmire.
0: Yes, Steve. Our motto is really to support um, the current provi- uh, preferred service provider of every body corporate that we take on, and exactly for the reasons that you say, they know the building, they know the security, which we know is a huge problem in sectional title, um, and we take them through the procurement process. And uh, if they do pass the process, um, they we then we onboard them. We um, really like to support the smaller. SMEs as to the big corporate service providers, um, because we believe that they do have the good relationships with their clients.
1: Marianne, my next question is will be addressed to you. I hope that you can shed some light on the following. Are plumbers that are already listed on the panel of service providers required to be on standby or on call for 24 hours a day?
2: Well, um, so yes, obviously there is scenarios where we need plumbers who are available 24-7. Unfortunately, we don't have the practice to choose when a geyser will burst. So some of our suppliers are that are on call 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. But that is not a requirement to be onboarded onto our panel. Beforehand, we will negotiate this, find out who's available 24-7, who and who not just to assure that we've got suppliers to each complex um, who's available after hours as well. So yo, anything to keep um, for convenience for the client, but um, we will not show you away because you're not a 24 seven hour supplier.
1: Ria referred to preferring small to medium enterprises to to be listed as service providers but what if it is a a, a one-man business what if it is just the plumber is the the, the only person in his business and perhaps he's got one uh, technical assistant or a technical operator that functions with him one or two and uh, he doesn't necessarily have quite a few vehicles or quite a few plumbers that work under him that that can be on standby if it's just the one single Plumber, what what happens in such an instance? So,
2: if we've got a preferred supplier who's not available twenty four seven, we will make if that small contractor with the one team member or two team members, if he's not available, we will make use of another another one of our service providers. And then tomorrow morning he can get the next geezer that's coming in or the next land that's coming in. So we don't penalize them for being a small team. We've got got a bunch of small teams where it's only one person with um, an assistant, a father and son team. So we've got quite a few of them and we try to uplift them and assist them to get their companies up and running
1: little bit of motivation there. Marianne, what are King Price's major challenges in dealing with listed plumbers?
2: Generally, we don't have a lot of problems. But the challenges that do come up is, well, suppliers go out and they do not audit the surroundings. Um, they don't supply us with all the details we need. Remember, those guys are our eyes on site. So if they don't take the correct pictures with the correct reports and all the details, looking at the compliance, dealing with the compliance issues. Um, yeah, it makes it really hard for us. And we try and train them oh, as often as possible. Obviously, we've got a um, lot of duties, but we try and uplift them and train them as often as possible to give us the right details, right reporting and photos to support their reports.
3: Morion, sorry, just a question on that one. Um, you know, in terms of what you're talking about now when they go to site and, you know, they work around the geyser, but the peripherals, you know, the non-compliant path for a possible future problem, and they note that to you. What action does King Price do once they've got that report? So let's take a hypothetical. The guys put the geezer in and noted that uh, there's some un, uh, 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 there's non-compliant materials been utilized, and he notes it, but it doesn't necessarily affect what he's currently doing right there. What are the processes that come back in terms of that non-compliance, and what does King Price do to either – Notify the body corporate, or do they notify the body corporate, or or how is that aspect handled?
2: Yes, Steve, thank you for that question. Um, We absolutely do take all the information that was supplied to us. Uh, We will hand that over from the claims team to our underwriting partners. They will obviously have a look at the details supplied and make a decision on whether we're going to ask this client to. Um, attend to all these compliance issues. Sometimes it's something like a user that doesn't have a drip tray outside. It does not concern us. Uh, but there's a lot of compliance issues that could be safety issues or anything else that could affect the insurance policy. And then we hand it over to our um, underwriting team who would be RIA. Rhea. is the partner on that side. And they will from there on um, decide which way to go with those non-compliance issues.
3: Because I think what we've come across and I come across often is that, you know, the client now comes back with a with a situation, well, you insured it like this before. You never checked it before, so therefore I should be covered. And then now why are you now telling me to do this? And I think it always becomes back to the problem of the insurer. Um, but And again, I've had buildings and, and high-rise buildings where the insurers just said, that's it, unless you get these things sorted out, you know, we're going to waive any cover in terms of damages or resultant damage. So it really is good to hear that because a lot of the times the plumbers just seem to think they don't see the other side of the coin where the information that they provided is, is utilized in the way that you've just described it. And, and it's now filtered down to them. You know, they seem to think that the insurers don't do anything about uh, a polycop pipe in the roof or, you know, any other sort of areas that's going to create uh, damage going forward. So thank you for that.
1: And just before we continue the conversation, it's time to hit the brakes again.
2: Don't forget to download the all new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away,
0: exclusively for Android users.
1: Welcome back. Marianne, uh, how does King Price determine the rate and the fee structure that will be paid to contractors? Does King Price supply the material to the plumbers? Uh, is the cost of the COC included in the rate and the fee that is payable to contractors?
2: Thanks, Willem. Yes. so what we do is for the rates, we pay the labor rates to our uh, plumbers. Um, Those rates are obviously carefully researched. We check the entire market to make sure that we are on track and that we are not um, either affecting our company or the plumbers' companies. Uh, We want to be fair. Um, So we keep that rates updated and uh, we do our market research very well. Um, the other thing is we do not we, we do not require the plumbers to buy their own stock or any components that they need to use. We don't want them, as we said, we've got small teams with a dad and a son. We don't want them to carry that capital expenses on their shoulders. So we take that cost on us and then they just have the stock. They can just go do the work and give us big smiles. <laughs> uh, for the COC that you require, Questioned. We um, currently are not paying for the COCs. We are looking at an option to include this in the future, but unfortunately, yes, currently that is not part of our package.
3: So, Marianne, how does the plumber then, you know, through that, if you're not paying, does, does he pay for that COC? And uh, in terms of issuing it to the consumer or whoever, in terms of, of what the standards require, how is that addressed?
2: Yes, Steve. So, currently, the plumber still needs to comply with his um, regulations. And as required, he will have to submit his COC to PERB or his notice of non-compliance. We also received the notice of non-compliance and we handed that over to our underwriting team. But yes, our plumber will have to still submit his CIC at his own cost, unfortunately.
3: And then in terms of B-rated geezers, I know in my experience with body corporates and NAMA, how has that affected you guys in terms of, of positioning of geezers and service ducts and everything else? How has that impacted you guys?
2: Yes, we've had a lot of challenges with those bigger geysers, um, rebuilding cupboards and relocating geezers And oh, it's been a bit of a, a mission, but I think we kind of got to a place where we've, we got a solution where we know what we should do. How to assist clients, we've got complexes in Cape Town where each single geyser is in a cabinet and we have to rebuild that cabinet. So with the bit of experience that we got, we know now exactly what to do beforehand and we just deal with it. Um, but you're in the beginning, not knowing which geysers are going to fit where, we kind of have an idea now of, of the sizes. So now I think we're all on par and sorted with that issue.
3: And then, in terms of the body corporates, you know, we know that the flat belongs to Mr. and Mrs. Jones, and then halfway through the wall, it now belongs to the body corporate. How do you deal with issues of non-compliance, where the geezer, for example, the temperature pressure valve was now discharging into the shower or wasn't connected at all, and now uh, now has to relocate that pipe, and you get the challenges from the the body corporate stating you won't have this pipe here and you can't drill a hole here, and that's unsightly. So, how do you address that?
2: So, Steve. If at any time this affects the body corporate, the outside of the building, we need to get authorization from the trustees. If it's uh, two units that's affected and it's only the insides of the units, we need to get uh, confirmation and authorization from both those unit owners. So it's a lot of admin work, but we do it and um, make sure that we've got all the sign-offs before we go ahead and do anything like that.
3: Wonderful. Thanks. So
1: we've touched on the uh, subject of the COC and uh, we've we've touched on, on whether that is included in the rates and the fees that are payable to the contractors. But now I'd like my next question uh, directed to both of you actually. Uh, my question would be is how has the amendment of the SANS 10254 standard and the issuing or the requirement for the issuing of COC's impacted king price? And and I'm gonna address the first sub question to that to Marie-Hann. Uh, Can we say that since the the requirement for COCs to be issued, has the the quality of work delivered by plumbers improved since the implementation of COCs?
2: Willem, yes, it absolutely did make a difference. Um, Our plumbers know now that they are being audited and at any stage, we they can go. Someone can go back and check what they've done, and there's actual repercussions if they did not adhere to the standards. So it's definitely increasing the standards, and um, we've seen many of our plumbers being audited. And it's such a good thing to get a tick off at the end of that. So yeah, we are very happy about that.
1: And Ria, the next question there would be: Has there been a, a, a a plateau or a reduction of comebacks from customers since the implementation of COCs?
0: Um, No, uh, well not really. Um, I think the lack of knowledge about the new standards still rise quite a lot of comebacks um, but we are getting there you know it is a education um, road that we need to do with the man in the street because nobody really take note of that you know Um, and we do get that that questions quite often when um, you know me and the underwriting team needs to address this um, The notice of non-compliance and the explanation but we also make sure that we share constant communication with the stakeholders um, and clients and in in the stakeholders i mean our brokers and our managing agents who are dealing with the clients as well Um, throughout the life of the policy on our books for example you know with policy renewals and we also have technical discussions with the trustees and we carry this, this message over to them so that they communicate can communicate it with the unit owners as well.
1: So Ria, when you say that there are comebacks and and, and the the comebacks haven't really uh, uh, reduced drastically or that there hasn't quite been a a plateau reached uh, for comebacks from from customers. What kind of customer uh, comebacks are they? Are we referring to comebacks from customers that are saying uh, the plumbing work wasn't done correctly or wasn't necessarily done to to their requirements as customers or what they expected? Um, what What kind of comebacks are we looking at?
0: Willem, um the comebacks that we are come uh, that we're getting is we must just remember that you know the standard is been there for you know the last couple of years and Giza's got a five-year warranty so we are actually dealing with cases that's actually now the in the older installations where compliance wasn't wasn't really um um, a issue and um, there is not the non compliance you know for and and the, i think the biggest question or a comeback that we have is but you know what i've 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 bought this unit and the geezer was installed like that so why is this now my problem and that is what the training that we need to you know that we need to get over to the unit owners and said but yes sir, you know I, we do understand that but this is now this is new standard that needs to comply, that you need to comply with, although you bought the unit, you know, um, so that is the biggest challenge that actually comes through. And um, then that you know as I said the lack of knowledge about the of the new standard
3: or the since you, uh, Ria the since you put the geezer in the front door doesn't lock uh, the window doesn't close and uh, the cat's missing I think that's a lot of the complaints we used to have uh, that since the plumber was there he was responsible for everything um, and, and then obviously other thing goes back to policies I mean you know we get different policies and different things that go out there which also makes it difficult for the plumbers and, and for the auditors because we don't exactly know uh, what is actually paid for and what's not paid for so from an auditing point of view that also does become a bit of a challenge and even with incident managers you know they have various uh, insurers on their books and and their policies and procedures vary you know from one end extreme to the other type of thing so i'm, I'm sure that also becomes a problem for you guys where the 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 clients expecting everything to be fixed
0: yeah, um, Steve, you know, um when we launched our product in twenty sixteen, we made a decision not to um launch a insurance policy for our King's geyser guard um because we cover everything except if the geyser is under warranty um, or it's not the sabs approved geyser we cover everything wear and tear rust all that stuff that's normally excluded from your basic insurance like your building insurance are actually included in our king's Giza guard. so i always refer to that this is really a maintenance policy it's an all-risk policy it's not insurance policy so and when we do train our plumbers when they come for the induction Um, We train them very intensively on that. So um, for our plumbers, they know what is covered and what is not covered. So we make sure that they do understand um, what we cover under our King's Giza Guard.
1: Oh, that's great. Super. So then, Marianne, my next question would be directed to you. What methods and measures are in place to deal with and to resolve disputes between customers and plumbers?
2: um, So, as the plumbers are appointed by us and they act directly on our instructions, we actually steer away from them getting into disputes with any of our clients. We are trying to avoid unpleasant and unnecessary interactions at all times. In an instance where there might be a complaint or a possible issue, We from King Price side actually take it on ourselves to make contact with the client. We will ask the plumber to step away and we will handle that dispute as the dispute is actually with King Price, not with the plumber. Um, Hardly ever do we get disputes with the plumber. It's sometimes more that we are asking the client to make the geezer compliant and they are fighting with the plumber and it's not the plumber's fault. So we take most of the disputes onto ourselves and calmly deal with it in a professional manner.
3: That's a really good way of, of 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 dealing with it because again, you know, we, we do have this where the plumber gets roped into it and you know we've got that saying that the client is always right. Um, but I think that I've been involved in many instances where there's been a dispute between the insurer, the plumber, whatever. And he's really the meat in the sandwich. You know, he's applying the principles of the SLA and he becomes this, you know, you know, just dump on him type of thing. But all he's doing is 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 what he's been contracted to do. And it's really not for him to discuss policies and you know everything else uh, because that's really not his function so i really am glad to hear uh marion the way in which you deal with it because all too often the plumber's there as the expert in terms of replacing fixing and repairing and just moving on and it's not his forte to be brought into a three-way conversation between a broker insurer and the client and and he's just getting battered with a big stick and all he really wants to do is put the geezer in and do the best he can and move on to the next job
2: Oh, yes, absolutely. And that is exactly why this is our approach on
1: this. Uh, Ria, uh, can I ask you, are there any incidents and or events that stand out during your career in the insurance sector?
0: Well, um, yes, there's many. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I love buildings. And when we launched our um, product in 2016 um, in King Price, it was, it was, it is, and it still is and will be, forever and ever a very disruptive tech offering because we believe that we cannot do we cannot do business anymore in the old way that sexual title business is done by um, meaning that it's very reactive claims management. We have a very proactive claims management system that is driven by technology, um, and that is why um, we really have this disruptive approach in the market. And then also, you know, it's really as Marianne say, you know, we've got the dad and the um, and the son uh, businesses, and also to see how this plumbers and this one man shows that we sometimes refer to how they really grow, making use of technology. Um, you know, and grow their business and really get educated in in more effective ways to do their business. And um, that's really one thing is that we always see when we've got the training, you know, they come in um, and we do coach them a bit of how we work. But the day that they come into our office and we train them on technology and the workforce application, we get this big eyes and all these questions in this eyes, but how the heck will I be able to handle this? But two months down the line, they just love the workforce app and they just love the portal that they work on because the, we, 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 we there's no paperwork for us. We are not a paperwork claims environment and, and that is really um the incidents and events that stands out for us is really to educate all our stakeholders that's working on our tech solutions. Are there any moms and daughters? Um, Lorraine, not yet,
3: but um, I do understand that we, there is some coming. You know, in terms of the plumber, um, you know, there's always that statement that the plumber or the contractor is the one who delivers the promises of the, the insurance sector. Would you agree to that to, to a certain extent? Definitely. Um,
0: Marianne also mentioned that they really are eyes and ears on the ground. Um, we do not appoint assessors on um, on our community schemes, you know, for each and every claim. We make use of our, um, of our, our service providers, our plumbers, our um, construction uh, service providers. And yes, you know, um, we believe in that and um, yes, you know, it is a very good relationship. And you know, I think through through, uh, through us making use of them uh, to be our eyes and ears, um, we also taught them a lot of new stuff that they weren't used to before joining the King Price Service Provider Panel.
3: And then in terms of, I know some uh, some other insurances have it, and I don't know if it's something that you like that, but you do have some like awards, things at the end of the year for the best contractor, uh, you know, the most improved, you know. How do you, you know, see that? Is that something that you guys do, or is it something that's possibly for the future?
2: Steve, so that is something that we are currently busy with. Um, we just gave it a name, and we're calling it the WOW certificate. Okay. This will be given to our WOW supplier. Suppliers, um, we'll make a day of it. Um, we have not selected our wild suppliers, so if any of our suppliers are listening, uh, please focus. Um, but yes, by the end of the year, we will um, have selected our couple of suppliers that we will go visit their office, take them a little goodie bag, put up a, a nice uh, framed certificate for them, uh, take a couple of pictures, put it on our Facebook. Facebook page, maybe a slush puppy or popcorn, as Lorraine was talking
1: about. I was there, just to, just merely, just to as a as a information gathering session, and it just happened that I walked into a place that had a putt putt and a slushy and popcorn place. So coming coming out too, this is an open invitation <laughs> to the plumbers out there. They may, the, the, if the plumbers perform well, they may just as well get invited to come and play a game of putt putt with a slush puppy at uh, King Price's offices. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, um. But but Steve and Willem, um, I extend the invitation to you as well. You're always welcome. Okay.
3: All right. Wow. I'm going to go. I'm going to get ready and start the great trick to come up to King Price. No, definitely. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks for that. I think it, it really is good. I mean, you know, just to hear the way that you invest in the contract isn't all too often. And with my engagement with, with the plumbers, and I'm dealing with plumbers all over the country, is that sometimes they they, they feel that unappreciated. You know, it's like you've said, they're out there 24 7, they're putting up with uh, you know, the clients, and, you know, it, it's a stressful environment. Plumbing is easy. It's just sometimes the people that we deal with and their expectations. In order to deliver it and go that extra mile, so it really is good that that you guys do recognise, you know, the relationship between yourself and that honesty and, and, and the eyes and ears. And I think that it really is uh, a, a good way in terms of putting it. So well done, uh, ladies. I think it's tremendous in terms of how you, you, you're going with those contractors and how you're dealing with them, how you're growing them, uh, and the way in which it's a journey that, you know, the two of you are taking hand in hand and, and just driving these guys and uplifting industry. I think it's tremendous. Well done.
0: Thank you, thank you, Steve.
3: Well, getting back to the contractors, Steve, thank you for for getting back to the contractors
1: and, and, and the guys who are out there on site doing the job. If they pick up any non-compliances, what is King Price's procedure or requirements for non-compliance notices? Ria, if I can address that question to you.
0: Yes, um, Marianne did mention um, that it's passed over to the underwriting uh, department. But yes, um, it is indeed a requirement, and as it is, uh, because it is a policy condition, which may result in future claims may be rejected. Um, we do have a, a very um, strict approach of uh, non-compliance notices. Um, we deal with that uh, in a very professional way with the unit owners.
1: So so if I can just ask, if a, if a plumber logs his uh, COC and there is a non-compliance notice that he has to add to that COC that he's busy logging, uh, when he submits or when the plumber submits that to the insurance company or to King Price for that matter, what? Um, does King Price have a standard to say they only accept one page or one document or or can there be uh, um, annexes or or anything like that to the documents or is there uh, are there any uh, specifics regarding that?
0: No, no, we we, we, um, we check that. Um, I'm very finicky about it. And um, I'm always um, going back to our plumbers and to the claim staff as well. Um, the documents that, that I need to present to the owners need to be both, be both professional and it needs to um, adhere to the standards. But yes, um, if they do want to, if, well, I hope we have never had uh, a, compliance, a notice of non-compliance where there was not enough space to write everything, if I ever have that, then I know it's probably going to be a giza that's going to explode any day. Um, but yes, no, um, I think the current uh, documentation, the notice are more more than efficient and um, that is what's been submitted to us.
1: All right, and then I can just ask the next question, Ria. Um, does King Price acknowledge any non-compliances that are uh, have been reported by plumbers uh, on the work and the installations that they've done? And and then to add to that question, I would like to ask: uh, if they do acknowledge, if King Price does acknowledge those those non-compliances that were reported, um, does King Price put in any effort to make the customers aware they are and to encourage the customers then to upgrade their plumbing systems to be more compliant?
0: Willem, yes, we do. Um, definitely. Um, as mentioned earlier, as the insurer, we must also comply with legal legislation in the same manner that every citizen must comply with. So each and every notice of non-compliance are dealt with the unit owner and the body corporate. So, let me just give you, for example, uh, just a brief explanation is um, what we will do is um, we will try to get hold of the unit owner telephonically first, discuss the notice of non-compliance that's been issued. um, And then we will issue a 30 days notice letter from the underwriting side to give the owner Um, sufficient time to make his geyser compliant. If he refused, then we will endorse the insurance policy um, which, um, as Steve mentioned earlier as well, you know, that we will probably not cover any resulting damage following the non-compliance of the geyser. But I must say, you know, after discussions with the owners, um, they do really adhere to and they do make um, the geysers compliant. What we also do is our plumbers that did assist with the installation or whatever which issued the notice of non-compliance. They also provide a quotation to make that GISA compliant and we do submit that with the uh, with the letter to the unit owner so that they can make use of our service provider that can assist them making the GISA compliant.
1: Hundred percent. I know that there were quite a few questions from the plumbing industry and plumbing sector in that regard specifically with regards to the documentation and how do they how do they submit the documentation and, and, and what requirements are there for submitting the documentation to you uh, in any specifics in that regard?
0: Yeah, I think our biggest, Willem, our biggest challenge is, is maybe the quality of some of that documentation. Um, you know, we, we do struggle sometimes. The documentation are sometimes not very clear. But, yeah, Marianne and the team make sure before they pass it over to us that the documentation are clear and readable, um, that we can provide it to the unit owners.
1: Marianne, from your perspective, has the fact that plumbing work can now be audited impacted the insurance sector positively or negatively?
2: Well, I think it's definitely uh, positively. Obviously, the practices are up to scratch now. We've got standards. Our plumbers are proud of their work. They know what to do, when to do, how to do, and um, we are ensuring correctly installed uh, geysers. So definitely, it would have it had a positive impact. Um, I think that the impact will be greater the longer we go along, uh, the, or you know, the longer this is in pla- in place. Um, we are still dealing with a lot of issues where um, plumbers were not audited from three, four, five years ago maybe. So I think as soon as most of the Giza installations um, of after 2018, I think
3: it's going to be a fun time. (laughs) But Marianne, yeah, I think it's a discussion that I've had with many insurers, you know, where I say, do you see the value in the COC? And, you know, you get that you know, total left field, no, not really. It has nothing to do, you know, with them or it has no value. It it becomes a cost. But then, you know, I'll say to them, but, you know, now you've got COCs being issued, if there's ever a query or a complaint, you can refer back to that COC. It can be brought up as a special audit through uh, PIO and then you're also getting you know your contractors audited and work checked that you know technically in some areas would never have happened you know and, and you'd only pick up issues if there was ever a problem or a warranty issue or whatever so, so from that side what I can hear from you is that you know you fully support them of that is because there are checks and balances that are there there is accountability uh, you know with the plumber and and we're delivering a model that's maybe not 100 percent perfect but it's certainly a hell of a lot better than it was before.
2: Oh, yes, absolutely. And um, as I say, I think um, in the future, the further we go along, this is going to make life so much easier. If we come to a point where everything is installed according to regulations and repaired and replaced as required, um, then we're not going to deal with a lot of issues. it might t- take a while, but yeah, the impact has definitely
3: been positive on our side. Yeah, because I think the standard, like I've kept on saying, you know, with some of the insurers, which we'll get to the questions, because um, we often get, you know, uh, uh, claims where we go and do an audit, and and the word betterment. Or putting the client back in the same position comes into play you know where they don't upgrade you know they'll take out they would call it a like-for-like installation it's nowhere referenced in any of the standards but it's become a term that's used uh, for the insurance sector and and sometimes we'll be going to to geezers that have been pl- replaced you know over 15 years bearing in mind the standards been in play forever and ever but now just being policed more and 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 that's always the question you know if you've got a crap installation you know now you're going to have a crap installation when we leave. We're just going to tell you how crap it is when, when, when we uh, give you the notice of non-compliance. And that's where that uh, statement comes from, the insurance, uh, where they'll say, we're putting you back in the same position that you were and we don't do betterment. Could you maybe explain that you know, a little bit better than my insurance or whatever we want to call it?
2: Yes, Steve. Actually, you um, were quite spot on there. Um, betterment is where we, as the insurer, give you anything else than you already had on site um, a good example which is a rather easy example is you had 150 litre geyser installed and now we are installing a 200 litre geyser uh, for the reason we couldn't find a 150 litre geyser or you requested that specifically that would be betterment so betterment with an installation would be similar if your installation initially was not compliant and now there's X, Y, and Z that needs to be installed to make this installation compliant. That would be a cost that we would not take on as the compliance cost is for the owner. Um, so it's not really betterment. It's a specific idea of the compliance as the owner's responsibility. Um, looking at other scenarios where a 150-litre Giza was installed and now we need to install 150 B clause Giza this Giza won't fit, fit in the same cabinet we spoke about it a bit earlier it won't fit in the same cabinet now we have to rebuild that cabinet that's Absolutely not, Betterment. We're putting you in the same position. You had a cabinet to cover your geyser. We will give you a cabinet again to cover your geyser.
3: Yeah, perfect. And I think that's where one of the challenges come from, from our side, is being, you know, the auditing department where they'll go to site and they'll find certain items that have been covered and then the question is then asked. You know, then we have the, the discussion with the client who believes that, you know, he hasn't read his policy and some guys use it as, you know, a reading material in the bathroom. It's the most read document in the house. Um, where they'll you know, unpack that and, and try and go. But that's a really, thank you very much for explaining that. Rhea, what
1: would your final word be to the plumbing sector?
0: Willem, um, yeah, um, this is my passion um, and that's why I'm in this industry. And I always say the same to our staff, which are the messages that I will give to the plumbers is customer centric. Um, that's key in, in any business strategy is to put a customer first, always and i really mean always put yourself in the shoes of the customer and ask yourself the question um is this good enough um is th- was this my best was this the best work that i've delivered and did i communicate with the client and did i listen to them so this is my message to our plumbers out there as well and um, because this is the motto of king price is we put our client first and uh, because in the end of the day, they're the reason why we have an insurance company.
1: Of course. And I think it boils down to to uh, taking pride in what you do and, and, and accountability for what you do.
0: No, that's that's 100% right, Willem. And as I said earlier as well, you know, um, we really want to, to enhance our plumbers that really um, believe in our vision and our strategy and work side by side. Uh, with us to make the insurance sector a better sect- sector. It is a difficult and extremely challenging sector. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people that do not take proudness of their work, um, but that is um, that is really our vision, is that, um, you know, when we leave the um, owner's house, um, you know, he should be happy um, because that's why he's paying insurance premiums. He wants us to make his place as it was before he had the incident.
1: Now just before we say goodbye, it's time to hit the brakes one last time. We'd like to encourage our audience to follow Articulate It Plumber on Instagram and Facebook, not only to find out more about the Man in the Band podcast, but also to learn more about any exciting and interesting news that we may have. Our handle on both Instagram and Facebook is Articulate It Plumber. Ria and, and, and Marianne, I'm going to ask this question to, to, to the both of you collectively. Would either of you like to share any interesting news about King Price or any interesting events, upcoming events, or anything interesting about uh, King Price? Any, any new uh, 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 fun ads, as Steve has put it, has put it <laughs> a little earlier in the conversation. Anything new or anything interesting that you would like to um- share?
0: I think um, everybody in South Africa, not even South Africa, all over the world, know that King Price is a culture company. Um, our culture is unique, um, and it's extremely important uh, in the King Price environment. Um, we actually have a team that focuses just on culture, and um, we, and and through COVID, it was difficult to keep that culture alive. It is extremely. Uh, difficult. You know, when, when we had our first lockdown, we had to ship uh, nearly 800 people uh, back home. Uh, because the offices was closed. And I must say, you know, um, our marketing team and our culture team has done so tremendous work to keep the culture um, still alive and interesting and so on. And, you know, even the partners in all the divisions as well. But yes, our culture um, is so important, you know, um, in every day these changes, you know, of how we approach it. But we also had our challenges um, on keeping it alive. that as everything goes well, and um, we will start shipping people back to the office by the 1st of October. And then, yes, uh, I'll be honest with you, the one thing that I've missed working from home, was the popcorn on Wednesdays and the popcorn and slushies on a Friday. Um, you know, um, the Pat Pat, the Pat, Pat um, course. Um, also, um, you know, just to stand up and walk to something or go to our awesome kitchen or go for a moonshot coffee, which I believe is the place that makes the best coffees in, in Pretoria. And you can come and try us out. And yes, you know, um, just to just our amazing offices and there's this constantly enhancement in our offices, um, you know, we are a fun company and um, yes, and we will continue be the fun company um, insurer in South Africa.
1: I think, Ria, it, it boils down to the fact that if you have happy employees and motivated employees, uh, positive employees and keep them and keep that culture of, of happiness and, and, and motivated uh, employees and positive employees, then obviously production and, and service delivery will also drastically improve and remain at a high standard.
0: Well, no, definitely. Um, you know, we play hard, um, but we also work hard, and um, uh, we need to. We it is one of our of our visions is that work must be fun. Um, And that's why we've got that awesome offices.
1: I think that that gives a good piece of heart for the audience members out there about King Prices and organization, as well as to the plumbers who may want to join the list of service providers on King Prices, the list and panel of service providers. Oh,
0: definitely. Um, Definitely. Um, You know, community stands for everything. You know, it's everything, the whole chain and community. And that will be the insurer. Uh, our managing agent a broker our service providers and the unit owner um, that is the community um, and that is what we focus on in our division
1: all the stakeholders all the stakeholders involved that's right <laughs> Ria, Marianne, thank you very much for your time, your effort to come join us in the session and have this fun conversation and share some valuable information with uh, with our audience members. I think you've you've clarified and and answered quite a few of the questions that we've had from the plumbing sector, and and you may have even answered questions that some of the the general public, the members of the public, the consumer out there may have had. And um, I would just like to thank you, thank you for your for your contribution. And thank you for having been in studio today.
0: No, Willem, thank, thank you for, you for hosting, and uh, thank you, Lorraine, um, for um, inviting us for uh, to
3: join this podcast. Thank you very much, ladies. I do appreciate it. But well done, ladies. I think you've done exceptionally well this morning. It was really great having an insight to, to, to King Price and where you're going and, and for us to be able to get a better understanding of that community that you talk about. And it's wonderful that the plumber is a, is a huge part of that. So really well done and congrats you know, for all that you've done. Thank you for this morning.
1: Thanks, Steve. Finally, it's time to switch off this engine. Cheerio.
0: Man in the Van podcast, your regular audio drive time companion.